thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Inside Supercars, where you get a chance to speak to the champion and, well, the team principal, Ryan Storey and Scott McLaughlin, all joining us today. But just late news that has come in this week, it is official now that we'll have three levels of supercars with the V8 Touring Car Series, the Kumo Series, being rebranded to Super 3. So they have made the official jump to coming under the Supercars wing. They also released a calendar which sees them having a five-round championship from Phillip Island, Winton, Ipswich, The Bend, and then finishing with the Shannons Nationals in September. Still plenty of controversy over who might be driving next year. Nissan has two unconfirmed seats with Andre Heimgardner and Michael Caruso not yet signed. Lee Holsworth's hoping that a Richie Stanway move out of supercars might see him get a lifeline taking over a drive at Tickford Racing. Jack LeBrock is rumoured to be uh, available for that team as well, but at this stage he seems to be set for a second year at Techno, which he does have a contract for, we are led to believe. Coming up after the break, we hear from the 2018 champion, Scott McLaughlin. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. We're joined and delighted to have the newest Australian supercar champion on the block, Scott McLaughlin. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Thank you, guys. It's a special uh, moment, uh, particularly so because of uh, 2017 to uh, now get it. I imagine it's uh, very special. We've had people like uh, Dick and, and Roger Penske in your corner. Yeah, look, obviously, um, you know, the, the 2017 loss was obviously pretty um, pretty hurtful, but that's sort of, sort of gone away now, and, and it's very nice to have Dow that you know, capitalise on this year and um, to win the championship for the for both of those guys, you know, it's fantastic to add to Roger's amazing year with the team owner here, but in America, but then they, you know, get another championship with Dick. It's um, very cool. Yeah. Now, on, on Saturday, I was in the press conference, and, and I heard you talking about following Shane home. I mean, it's an unfortunate thing when things are decided by people making mistakes, but, you know, that's the way it goes, and uh, uh, I know that you wouldn't have wished that for one second for Shane to have uh, lost a, a race win, but you were there, next man in line, when he was found to have broken uh, a rule. 
But um, you talked about following him around and picking up some time. Now, I actually spoke to Richard Harris, your data engineer. I said to him on Sunday morning after qualifying that you appeared to have picked up sort of four-tenths of a second over Saturday. And he said, well, we didn't find four-tenths. We found a couple, and and, uh, he implied that you'd found a couple, and that was because of the different lines that Shane was using. Yeah, it was some of what Shane had been using, but I did work on a few things myself um, that I've sort of figured out um, across the race as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting you followed him. I'm just saying you saw some things that he was doing and went, gee, that's oh, yeah. work. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and it's all part of it. And I took on some of them. I actually tried one of them and they didn't quite work for me in qualifying, so I didn't do it in the end. But, um, the yeah, for sure, I... I had a massive um, refinement in my, in my uh, driving and the, the sort of qualifying because obviously you know, the first set of tyres, you the used tyres, so it's not really on Sunday they're the used tyres. So it's kind of like a bit of a, a warm-up session in some ways. So, yeah. Um, the thing was, it was pretty emphatic. I mean, over those last two rounds, you got a first and second New Zealand. You got more poles than anybody else this year. And then the Newcastle, of course, you got a pair of wins or a win in a second, rather. Um, you know, you you the man most likely to, and you did. And do you feel that? Yeah, I felt. You know, we did lose probably some momentum towards um, you know, you know, around Patlam being going down time of the year, and, and and I was so proud of everyone that just kept you know kept their heads down, and we eventually uh, you know, got that momentum back at the right end of the year, and um, you know, eventually, obviously. You know, Made it happen, and it was uh, yeah, it was a very good good feeling for everyone. And um, yeah, we were so consistent towards the end. Um, even at Gold Coast, when things were going bad, we in the rain and stuff. We still, you know, I think we were on track to lead that race if, once everything played out. Um, if the rain stopped, but um, you know, stuff like that, we were really strong and and just kept making you know good good strategy calls and no mistakes in the pits. And you know, in the end, that that that's what helps as well. Now, uh, one quick one before um, Craig asks you about uh, uh, you getting ready for this season. Uh, one quick one is uh, I've seen that you've decided to use number 17. Now, do you have any history around that number other than it being Dick's number and you've now won a championship wearing it? Do I have any issues with it? Or? No, 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 not issues. You, I, I read somewhere that you've made a decision you're going to race next year under number 17, not yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, yeah, for me, it's, it's uh, you know it's the same as number that you know obviously to our team, and, and I find it would be weird if we didn't have it on track. And um, I mean, when Dick won the championship, he didn't use it, so you know, obviously I'm I don't need to use it either. So I'm just gonna you know, just gonna get on with things. A few, Indeed. A few years ago, when uh, James Courtney won the championship for the team. He was running the 18 car and then changed over to HRT, of course. But uh, they came up with a really cool logo that incorporated the 17 and the 1. Do you reckon you could drag that out? Because they were told they couldn't run it uh, the following year because James, well, Supercars told them they couldn't run it anyway. Uh, I don't exactly know and I don't want to ascribe a motive to them. But uh, you might think that you could run it quite uh, comfortably. Yeah, look, I'll... um I think we're going to think about what we want to do in regards to how we, you know, whether we do something um, away from what the actual number is. I think there's specific guidelines of what we need to do and, and like, size and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know if we can go too far away from that. But, 
certainly. I'm sure we can discreetly, um, you know, prove that, you know, that the one is on the car or whatever. But, it, you know, it, for me, it's, I'm, I've won championship using 17 and I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to keep using the same number. It's brought me a lot of luck. Mm. Scott, this this past 24 months has been a remarkable one. How different is 2018 to 2017, ignoring the result? How different are you? How different have you approached it? Well, yeah, a fair bit. I mean, as a squad, as a team, we're a lot more consistent and I've worked on areas that I wasn't necessarily strong with and that was, you know, starts. Um, for one, I went, you know, my, my forte and we worked on them and, and then mainly just, you know, being calm and consistent and, and, and being able to, you know, bring a result home, um, regardless of whether it's bad or good, um, you know, capitalizing when, when we're winning races and, and, and making the best of our bad days. And I think compared to 2018, you know, 17 to 2018, um, you know, 2018, I think we only missed out on a top 10 finish once in the whole season where, um, uh, in, in, in the case of uh, in 17, we were, we were just completely sort of inconsistent a lot when we could have won a lot more races um, than we did, and we did win a lot of races there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, for me as a driver, I've, I've definitely matured a lot. I understand the position of you know, winning the championship and leading the championship, um, and, and that, that definitely helped you know, this year for sure. Tony and Craig Lowndes last week on the show spoke about how, what was it, 20 years ago or 20-whatever years ago when Craig started in the sport, he went on a fitness regime that HRT had a, a, a physio and had a, an exercise program and he said the big difference was he was doing all this physical exercise and the drivers of the day, you know, mostly were owner drivers and were not getting themselves physically fit. It seems like now, 20 years later, 24 years later, whatever that time is, the big thing for drivers now, and and people in general have recognised that you guys are athletes, but the big thing seems to be the headspace. And uh, a lot of people are starting to understand how important that headspace is. And I think you've done a lot of work in the off-season getting ready for 2018. Yeah, it's not just the off-season, throughout the whole season. Um, It's kind of close to my chest because, you know, I don't need to tell everyone what I'm doing, but it's something that I've, I believe in that, you know, you need to be strong mentally off the track because there's a lot of, you know, areas within the media, within your team, within, um, you know, what goes on track and whatever and what's being said that, um, you know, that you can lose focus on what your actual goal is. And I've worked really hard behind the scenes to, you know, make sure that I'm continually, um, you know, right there and there, you know, Right, um, you know, amongst everything, and not, and not losing focus too much. And you know, I think I'm very proud of that. And I've had a lot of help on the scenes that led them. Emma Murray, she um, worked with Richmond in the past, just with mine stuff, and and she was she was um, amazing with all that. Did it mean that you changed your routine leading up to races? Because one thing motor racing drivers are very good at is shaking hands with a sponsor. And then putting uh, themselves into a car is—is is that part of what you had to change, or was it a long way away from the racetrack where you really needed to work on your headspace? Uh, look, no, no, I think you know, I find it in the right balance between you know the um, obviously the, the sponsor side of things and also 
I do, you know, away from the track. But I, I certainly felt like I had an awesome, um, you know, balance, work-life balance this year. And, and uh, you know, I, I sort of probably went back to, you know, how I felt comfortable in regards to, you know, um, you know just, just being myself a bit more, kind of like I was at DRM, but just a little bit more of a polished version. And that definitely made me more calm and, 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 and made me feel a lot, like, really good. Achieving a goal for most people when they achieve that goal, they do feel a burden lift off them. Have you felt that yet? Have you had time to feel like, man, I, I'm the champ and that box is ticked? And have you felt that burden lift from you? Yeah, for sure. I, look, it's one thing that's you know very proud. I know that I'm sure that I won't ever, I guess in some ways, hardly ever talk about 17 again. Um, you know, 2017 was hard. And, and, and I had a lot of expectation on me and on myself to really bounce back and try and win this one sooner rather than later. And yeah, it was, it was so nice and really easy to do that. And, and for sure now that I've won one, I probably don't now have the pressure of wanting, you know, I want to win again for sure, but like it's not, not, you know, my next goal is, is Bathurst and, and, um, you know, that now that uh, emphasis on that raises and I need to try and get that done. But, um, definitely feel like a huge weight lifted on my shoulders and now I can go out and, and refine even more parts of my driving to hopefully you know, keep winning them. Before so, I hand you over to Tony, I I have been fascinated to know, has Frenchie called you and uh, have you had a chance to uh, work through that with him? Yeah, um, Alex, you mean? Cause I've got oh, sorry. Yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> I should have said Alex Bremer. Yeah, 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 no, no, that's right. I call them both things, but um, I looked at we spoke yesterday, and um, we we were really, uh, you know, was, I just thanked him for his help because he has one helped me as a driver, but also you know this year helped me get to where I am, and um, you know certainly it's very uh, very special, and and uh, you know he's been a part of my life for a very long time, which is very cool, especially my supercar's life. So he's very proud, and um, you know I wouldn't be in this place without him. I imagine with the new season, new car coming. I mean, you almost can't wait to get back into it. Yeah, for sure. I'm, you know, I'm really you know, itching at it. I'm, I'm going to look forward to the next couple of weeks just showing up. But I want to keep my training up as much as I can, and you know, go into the off season with you know the, the new years and stuff with somebody of fitness around myself. But um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly uh, excited to get back into it. New cars definitely motivating for everyone and. Excited to see what happens. Where do you want to see the new car, Scott? Do you want to see the new car in the Dick Johnson garage, or would you like to see it over in uh, the United States in the Penske garage? Oh, the the one that was just just we were. Sorry, Um, you're just dropping out there, Scott. Which one was that for? Sorry, that's what car? The car you've won the championship with. Oh, sorry. Um, I think we'd we'd love to have it hang out here for a little bit. But um, I, I think uh, Roger's already reserved that spot in uh, one of the museums over in, over in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got plans to be heading to the States? Uh, just to, to look, see at the stage. I'm not suggesting you're driving yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm going to be Christmas, and then we're heading up to uh, the States on the 4th of January, and we're there basically the whole month, so... A little bit of wedding stuff here and there as well, but we're also I'm going to go and uh, see the, the the team at Charlotte for a few days, um, but mainly in New York as well. Wonderful, wonderful. 
Scotty, I remember the first day I met you. It was at Hamilton. It was uh, you were wearing a uh, Fujitsu Brytec race suit. Um, <laughs> yep. Jason uh, drove me down from uh, Auckland to Hamilton. We went straight to the track, which was your your or alma mater, your track, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my home track. Yep. Yep. And uh, I just remember that you were, uh, I think, you were about fourteen. Would that be right? Uh, yeah, I reckon 15, just, uh, no, yeah, 15, for sure. Yeah, I remember you, and I, I, quite frankly, I mean, obviously you're, you're a far more mature man and, and all those sorts of things, but the, you have the same boyish enthusiasm and uh, interest, interest in people and also being interesting yourself. Um, it was just wonderful to see it happen for you. I, I was particularly pleased that there, there was a group that sort of suggested that um, you may have been, oh, well, should just say psychologically damaged by Shane last year, um, yeah. and and Jamie, um, and that I thought you emphatically showed that at uh, Pukekohe on the Sunday, taking out pole position and winning the race. That uh, you were ready, come bring it on. Almost uh, that seemed to be your motto. Yeah, look, uh, it definitely was annoying that. I was obviously people were saying stuff that oh, I was in my head or I wasn't, you know, strong enough or whatever, and just sort of got to put that aside. And in some ways, use as motivation. It's probably some, you know, thing on that day with Shane was probably the worst thing that team could have done for our team. It motivated us for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's nothing like a fire in the belly, and, and we certainly got after after that. How does a Greg yeah, Murphy no. fan reconcile winning for Dick Johnson Racing? It's, it's it's a bit weird, isn't it? But look, I, I've certainly uh, I've driven my fair share of Fords, obviously the Volvo and all that sort of stuff. So I never really was a, a complete older fan or whatever. I was a massive uh, driver, driver fan, and always followed there. So regardless, he was on in a Ford or whatever, I always following. So that's the same goes for my my career. But now, you know, firmly found a place with Ford, and um, you know they've been great to me. You know, winning DVS championship and. Now winning um, you know, the Supercars Championship in a Ford and the last one still in the Falcon. Um, you know, it's very special. I can't see much change in there. You actually just touched on something then. Of course, it, uh, I was very pleased for Chris Pivot to win um, because uh, you were, weren't driving in the series when he had his uh, big accident with Paul Wheel. Um, but he has certainly rebuilt his career and it was just wonderful to see him get that uh, championship. Oh, for sure, you know, it's great. Um, and, and not only for Chris, but it's great for uh, the team of GRM, GRM. I think it's their first, really their first ever championship. So it's yeah. um, it's very cool and, and, and great for them to, to be able to get that done. And um, yeah, for Chris and, and Indeed, it's very cool. Again, like it's, it's a Kiwi doing well and you know, for a Kiwi to win supercars and a Kiwi to win Super 2 is very special. Yes, indeed. Yes, well, from uh, Inside Supercars, we're extremely pleased you've uh, had this and we uh, look forward to catching up with the new car and the new year. Uh, enjoy everything that's around. One thing I wanted to ask you about, that I mean, obviously Ludo is, you know, I won't say your main man, but he's obviously the one of the most important ones within the team for you. Ryan's story obviously makes a structure there that, that works well. Who are the other pieces of the components? Ben Croak will be one. You've known him, of course, since Stone Brothers Day? Yep. Yeah. Who are the other people in the team that are the ones that you feel that you want to turn to immediately and say, boy, I've done this for you as well? 
Uh, look, Mikey Flynn. He was my yep. my um, he was my uh, number one back on this list. So he, he came on board with the team, um, you know, last year and and, and really came on board. No, he wasn't. Unfortunately, he came down last year and he didn't want to come down this year just in case. <laughs> so, um, yeah, have you spoken to him? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I spoke to him yeah. Sunday night. He was very proud. He's he's one of my best mates and going to be a groom's in my wedding. So it's very cool and. Oh, wonderful. Um, I'll yeah. just tell Craig uh, very briefly. Mikey Flynn, uh, I knew him from Stone Brothers Day, and Mikey unfortunately had a, a very serious accident on Mount Buller um, some years back when he was with Stone Brothers on a weekend where they were going or days after the uh, Winton event and broke his leg very badly, um, you know, which has very curtailed his uh, his career. Um, I, it would happen, what, sort of six, eight years ago now, I suppose, yeah, it was um, yeah, obviously pretty horrific for him, and he actually. Um, but for me, I think he really enjoyed coming back on the DVS car and, and sort of rejuvenated everything. And now he's sort of back to full health, which is great. And because um, he was definitely knocked around there. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very, very bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, he's somebody I've known for you know probably twenty years altogether, and I'm, I'm certainly uh, great to hear that he was one of those people for you. Well. As we said, um, we're very pleased at Inside Supercars that you've uh, got this win and championship, and we look forward to seeing you on the top step at uh, Mount Panorama. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great to hear from Scott McLaughlin there. After the break, it's Ryan's story. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Lavelle. We are joined by Ryan Story, who is listed as team principal. You carry a couple of hats at DJR Team Penske, I understand. Well, yes, I'm also one of the owners of the team and one of the co-founders of the team and I'm the sole director of the team. How can well, you be a sole good. director of the team? Yes. How does that happen? You normally think of directors as being a board of directors. Well, there is there is a board and I'm the sole director of the company. <laughs> right. Okay. It's lonely in the boardroom. <laughs> um, one of the questions that I, I wanted to uh, ask of you, Ryan, was uh, and congratulations to you, your team, all the people involved up and down throughout because there's obviously many people that are responsible for bringing this to the team. Um, one thing I want to do is what, what's the impact now on the team in, in terms of the way in which it will operate in the future? Well, it's a little bit like having the monkey off your back. I mean, when you have this 2017 where you, for lack of a better way of putting it, dominate the, dominate the pre-enduro season and... Uh, have a bit of a rough run through, through there. I mean, the, Fabian had a 90-point lead after Bathurst. Um, Scott had a had a fairly commanding lead after Saturday's race at Newcastle. And to see it all come undone, there's little elements of doubt that can creep into your mind. And 
perhaps what I'm most most grateful for and what I what I'm most proud of is not only how Scott McLaughlin bounced back from 2017, but how the entire team did as well. That was very special. It was one of one of, one of sports' great great comebacks. Yeah. Okay. Um, and looking on that impact, um, what what's it mean for you now to have this? You've obviously achieved something you set out to do, and these are very large targets. I mean, it's like winning an AFL Grand Final. It's pretty impressive. I mean. When I first took over the team at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, things weren't weren't uh, weren't especially rosy. But we managed to win a, a race with Chaz Mostert that year in in July, and I thought, "Geez, this cape is bloody easy." Little yeah. did I know. But uh, it's obviously taken uh, it's taken many years to build up the strength of the organisation to be capable of achieving re- results like we've seen. And and it's not just the drivers; it's the it's the mechanics and the engineering guys and the manufacturing capabilities that sit behind that, and it's the strength of the team and it's the strength of your your network of partners to ensure that you've got the uh, the fiscal ability to develop and and be at the leading edge of things. So it's a whole culmination of factors, and to bring it all together and be successful on track is one thing, but to be successful and ultimately win a championship is something else. So it's a a very proud moment. Were you working what? in and around the team back in uh, the days when James won a, a championship for DJR? I was a member of the DJR teammates program from 2007 as a foundation member, and we still have plenty of those who, who renew their memberships every year. And uh, the teammate teammates was basically a basically a fan club, a paid paid fan club of the team, and I was very proudly a member of that. And then in 2011, I put together a business plan for Dick based on how things played out at the end of 2010. And I just thought, how on earth could this happen to this poor bugger again? And, you know, how do we, how do we try and find a way to make sure this never happens again? So I put a business plan together. He took it on board and gave it to some of his uh, commercial people. And that ended up with me sponsoring the team and looking for other sponsors at the time. And, and lo and behold, by 2012, I was working for the team full-time and, and had relocated from Melbourne, was doing some engineering work uh, for a brief period before I was more actively involved in the day-to-day management of the organisation. And then come the end of 2012, when things probably couldn't be worse, the business had a had a just over eight-figure uh, eight debt. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was time to call it quits to call it quits and predict to basically uh, basically take a seat and uh, call it a day. And that was my advice at the time, and my strong advice at the time. And through a couple of meetings that then took place between Dick, Jilly, Jilly Johnson, Stephen Johnson and myself over consecutive nights, we'd agreed that, uh, that I'd basically run the team and that uh, the group of us would do it in the manner in which I said. Uh, and Steve would find himself uh, outside of the car in a management. Okay. Yep. Uh, 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 one person who was critical at that time, and he's not with us anymore, is Steve Braybrick. And I guess in some way, being part of that rebuild, uh, what we have, what you have now at DJR Team Penske, is owed in some way to Steve Braybrick. Without a doubt, Steve Braybrick of Crimsafe fame was basically instrumental in getting the team through their 2010 championship season. In fact, he paid their home bush accommodation bill when they couldn't afford to do so. And then he proceeded to put the money in to run the team throughout 2011 and 2012. And, and then when I 
uh, when I sort of took over the reins, I did everything I could to prevent him from putting money in because I think the way that that was done was was very disrespectful and and uh, he was told one thing and other things ultimately happened. It was not a it was not a good scenario or a good situation for anyone to be in. So when I took over the day to day running of the team, I saw both Dick and Steve Brayback as the, the key stakeholders, and I put an awful lot of money into the business myself. Uh, a, a very healthy seven-figure sum into the business myself, and there wasn't a decision made that those two weren't consulted on. There wasn't a dollar spent that wasn't explained to them. So we became a very healthy triumvirate, particularly through 2013, just to get the business off the ground. And at the end of 2013, Steve was focused on selling Crimsafe. He sold uh, Crimsafe to private equity and, was, uh, and, and wasn't quite as available to us through the team as he had been in the past. But uh, come the end of 2013, we started down the way of, uh, of putting together a deal with Roger Penske, which uh, came to fruition came to fruition ultimately 18 months later, but through a fairly aggressive six-month due diligence process. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, obviously both uh, Roger and uh, Tim Sindrick would uh, feel ju- totally justified in having um, joined the DJR. Well, it got down to the point where, when it when it leaked out into the broader broader public edifice that uh, Penske were interested in supercars, every team bar one reached out with a pitch, and uh, and then at one point Tickford was a was a strong op- op- opportunity for them. But it ultimately came down to either starting a greenfield operation or partnering with DJR. And the reasons for partnering with DJR was by that time we'd paid off all of our debt, so that's in less than 18 months. And then in addition to that, they had the asset, the, the biggest asset in the Australian motorsport in, in Dick Johnson himself. Yeah. So there was a couple of couple of really good reasons to get involved with us. They really loved the idea of being able to set something up anew and to give Dick Johnson an opportunity to have success again. And they really loved our workshop and the fact that Everything had a place, and it was a dedicated race facility. It reminded Roger and Tim of their IndyCar, their old IndyCar facility at Reading, Pennsylvania. So there are a lot of, a lot of things that just lined up, and uh, right. and the rest is history. Well, one of the other terrific things, with the exception of Ludo and a few other people, I'm you know not not discounting them, but there are many components that were DJR when you were there that are still there now. That's exactly right. Um, you know, one of the things I often joke about is that we've got the oldest B trailer in pit lane. It was built in 1996. It's uh, it's it's older than some of our staff, but uh, yeah. we don't win races with it. With the truck doesn't win us races. Yeah, indeed not. Okay, well let's get around to talking about next year. Um, you know, obviously you've got a, a new car. Well, let's just call it a car with a new body on it. Um, apart from a new shape, what else will be changing in next year? Well, you don't stop development, Tony, and uh, we were developing right up through the last race, and a lot of that will cross over to the new car. But with the new with the new shape, with the Mustang shape, there's a lot you need to understand in terms of how it cuts through the air, what you do with ride heights, um, basically how you char to get the most out of it, what you do with your rear wing. There's a there's a the the many and varied vicissitudes of, of setup come back into play. And what we know might not necessarily translate and work directly with a new car. So it's almost, it's not quite like starting with a blank sheet of paper, but some of the old tricks have to be thrown out. Okay. But obviously, you know, that whole development is in, you know, underway. 
and you know, in the fullness of time, we'll learn more about it, and that's obviously part of your process. Um, do you feel you're well developed on that road? Well, at the moment, we're waiting for the car to, to be homologated, which happens uh, a week after next, and then from there, we can start very earnestly and uh, aggressively manufacturing panels so that we've got a full state of, uh, of panels ready to go to Adelaide. But the, 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 the craft of learning the setup of the car is required, re- requires simulation tools, not to mention track time. So it really won't be until we hit the track properly and, and understand how changes in this car, uh, changes in this car can be dictated that uh, we can have some real confidence that we've got a weapon on our hands that we can try and uh, defend the championship with. Did the process of going down the track you're on also require a critical mass of cars to be on the grid to make it worthwhile? Because if you've got to make a mould for panels or if you've got to make um, a series of, of mounts and jigs, to do that for two cars or to do it for four cars, it, it, it isn't as cost-effective as doing it for uh, six or eight cars. We built the whole... The whole uh, costings project for this before we actually agreed to proceed with it in, in March or so was under the auspices of having six Fords on the grid, and that's uh, that's still uh, where we where we find ourselves. So uh, nothing nothing new there. Uh, Phil Monday is uh, playing a role, and is T supply many or all or parts uh, body parts for your cars? Well, he's not doing any panels for us yet, but the tooling's been made by our local panel suppliers up here in Lightning Composites and LSM Composites that are based in Toowoomba. Which and the is tool a, long-term, a long-term manufacturer for you, isn't it? Yes, in, in both instances. And the yep. tooling's been supplied to uh, to 23Red and to Phil so that they can look after the panel requirements for themselves and for Tickford. And he's an extremely good operator. And uh, they they have a very good composites department down there, so uh, they're, they're they're more than geared to do that. And and maybe over time we might uh, we might explore some avenues with Phil on that on that front. Okay. And are there any um, component uh, sharing going on between yourselves and Tickford? There has been in the past, I know, but is that continuing on with suspension components or things like that? No, we're we're both independent teams. We just uh, the. The thread of commonality is the fact that we're both Ford teams and we've worked closely on the homologation process of this new car together and, 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 and they're good people to work with. But uh, the technical, any technical alliance doesn't extend beyond that, but we both had each other's best interests at heart in ensuring that this car is a success on track. Okay. Now, um, there are no major changes I've heard of, but that doesn't mean that you're not having in personnel. Are you manning up more, or is it going to be just much the same? Are you looking at uh, development series cars, maybe? No, look, our, our head count's about the same for next year. I mean, we're seeing some some hemorrhage from a couple of teams, and it's not it's not guys who are jumping ship. It's guys who are leaving the sport just because it's quite a demanding job. A particularly demanding job when we're racing with barely a weekend in between each event. I mean, the, the toll that that takes, and you know, having only two or three days to prepare a race car before you go racing again, and being away from family does take a hell of a toll. And and there's a cost associated with that. And we're very very fortunate that that hasn't hit us as hard this year as it has other things, um, but it's certainly hit us pretty hard in the past. Um, but there's certainly a Super Two opportunity. It's one that. 
I know Triple Eight are looking at for next year, but it's not something that's on our radar. And for us, in terms of where we are building this team and with what our motives are for going racing, we see it as a distraction. Uh, and for that reason and that reason alone, it's not something that we're looking to pursue anytime soon. We've been all business so far, but what's the emotional relief on your part and the the psychological relief of getting that uh, championship? Because the team's championship last year was a huge step, but there's always something about a driver's championship that uh, as much as you can advertise we're the team's champion, a driver's championship, the the banner was for 34 driver's championships. uh, that Team Penske has taken out in their career, and I, I guess that is always seen as the pinnacle. It is. I mean, the Drivers' Championship is what it's all about, but we've seen firsthand this year just how much of an advantage you have in pit lane by being up front. So the Team's Championship is something that we never discount. It got away from us this year for, for, for a multitude of reasons, but we managed to make up for missing out on the Drivers' Championship last year. In fact, Roland and I joked with each other at the at the end of last year that we'd take a championship each, and I politely reminded him of that uh, after things came to a fruition over the weekend. But uh, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. Motorsport, despite the various teams and infrastructure and personnel behind the guys who's, who park their backsides in the race cars, it's it's those guys winning the big trophies that that, that really count. And what about are the, you, the uh, relief? Oh, the relief! The, the relief is the relief is uh, is palpable. I mean, everyone who goes racing, everyone who goes to Bathurst goes to win Bathurst. Everyone who races in the championship hopes to cross they can win it. And the relief of doing so, particularly coming cover, coming up a year coming up after a year when we should have won it, it's huge. I mean, for everyone, it's proven that we can do it. We, as, as an organisation, can do it. And uh, and that and I mean as 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 I joked before, it's like the monkey off the back. So I'm very very proud of the whole whole team and and all of the people who work for us for, for, for being able to bring this off. Are you uh, going to be locking the workshop up and uh, telling the blokes to go away and don't come back until a certain day? Well, our plan is to have a, a three week break, even though we're building new cars, building new Mustangs, and and uh, and doing the homologation. We, we've planned. Our time management this year has been one of our great strengths. You know, we, we did three states in 10 days testing this Mustang uh, and uh, and basically uh, still managed to win a championship in between. Um, I think our time management is as good, if not better, than anybody's. So we're going to be ready. We're going to be able to give all of our guys an opportunity to recharge their batteries and come back fresh. And, uh, you know, our, our goal is to get our head around this new car as soon as we can and hopefully winning races sooner than that. And what special things are you and the team, how are you going to celebrate? Well, I can't very well tell you that. I mean, what they say, you know, what stays on tour, what goes on tour stays on tour. That's, 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 the, first, that's the first rule. But uh, look, we had, uh, we had an opportunity to let our hair down a little bit on, on Sunday at Newcastle. I think there were some stories out there about 40 nuggets in the, in the, in the trophy. I can attest yes. that that is correct. I happen to have probably eaten about 20 of them myself. Um, but, uh, but we, we let our hair down a little bit and I think that's all, all in good fun. I mean, it, it's, it's something that's, that's deserved by each of these guys. And, you know, there's no, there's no rewards I can give them that, that, that are worthy of the effort that they put in. Uh, we're, we're going to do another, we have another function again tomorrow and, uh, we're going to have a, 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 a another uh, proper Christmas family get-together. 
uh, the week after the VCAT, just as a thank you, not only to the folks who work for us, but also their partners as well. So that's something that's really important too. You've got a bunch of guys, guys that I've uh, learned many years ago, uh, got to know, guys like Casey and Roy and Dino. Do they get involved as past members of the club? Well, I saw Dino today. KC still works for us, and uh, and Roy Roy Boy still still welds our exhausts. So they're never too far away. Yes, indeed. It, it's a grand history that BJR have, and it's uh, wonderful to see. And I'm sure that that plum pudding will just taste that little bit sweeter for you. Well, it's 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 what they put to soak the uh, soak soak the plums in, and that that, that uh, we'll be imbibing more of over this over the Christmas break, but. Uh, We'll basically take take an opportunity to to let our hair down a little bit and recharge our batteries and come back ready to go racing in season 2019. I'm sure there are thousands of race fans around this country that are extremely pleased to see not just DJR winning again, but the team that behind that team of DJR because uh, it is a grand name in history and uh, one that certainly deserves it. And Scotty is a Scotty and Fabian are both well, well uh, credentialed to, to carry the, uh, the label and the brand of both Ford and DJR Team Penske. So congratulations, uh, Ryan. It's been uh, wonderful to talk to you, and we wish you uh, all the best over the coming weeks as you, uh, first of all, keep continuing developing that Mustang and then just going and enjoying the break. No, thank you very much, Tony, and thank you, Craig. It's It's been a pleasure, as it always is, and... Uh, and a season's greetings to you both. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. Our thanks very much to Ryan Story. Tony Whitlock and I will return next week with another edition of Inside Supercars. So until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.